0: Hello, welcome to this Stockhead podcast. I'm your host, Peter Strachan. Today, we're taking a closer look at Thompson Resources, TMZ, the code, which has been quietly building a portfolio of both development and exploration properties in Australia over the last 12 months with a focus on silver, tin and gold. To bring us up to speed on recent developments, we're delighted to welcome the company's executive chairman, David Williams. David, thanks for making the time today. Many uh, stock headers may not have heard of Thompson, it's sort of emerging from the mist as, you, as, you, as it is. Uh, so, to set the scene, can you please uh, give us some background on the company's activities and its uh, management team? Thanks,
1: Peter, and great to talk to you on this podcast. So, uh, hoping the listeners will be um, a lot more enlightened after it. Um, yeah, look, I, I came into, uh, into Thompson in, in about the second half of 2019. Uh, Thompson was originally IPO'd in 2010, uh, focused on a number of tenements and gradually worked through those without su- real success. Uh, and then got to 2016 2017 when it had the opportunity to acquire the Baigu tin project and that was the, sort of the the start of the the new era of thompson um it progressed through it um, got some really good results you know when you're getting shallow results at a 1 2 to 2% tin that's a, that's a good outcome but it, it got itself into a into a position where it was really just treading water and uh, no money, no liquidity in the stock, and where was it going to go? And that's when I came in along with Richard Wilson to to join Owen Rothery, our technical director, uh, in uh, at the end of July 2019. And Owen had been with the company from from inception and a you know, very good exploration geologist. Uh, richard Wilson, he and I had worked together on a number of boards, both in capacities as director and company secretary. so a good tight team. The problem was at that point in time, I was caught up on other matters and i couldn 't really devote a lot of attention to the company and in uh, in, in March two thousand and twenty when I became freer, I then set about transforming Thompson uh, along with owen and richard and The first thing that we were focused on was getting some money into the company uh, to to get it back to its doing some activity, particularly on the Lachlan Fold Belt projects. And we succeeded in doing that in um, uh, in in June, July last year, and starting with a share price of one and a half cents and a market cap of about two million. Uh, And we got out there to go and do some drilling at Harry Smith, where we already have had previous results of including nine metres at nine grams per tonne of gold. Um, But the problem was the rain gods were against us and we couldn't get on to the tenement. And we moved 70 k north to our new Yalgogran tenements um, and there was a hill there which was a bit dry. So we managed to get up there and punch in four RC holes um, and, and uh, you know, came out with a couple of results like five metres at 10 grams per tonne and two metres at seven and a half grams per tonne, which was pretty encouraging.
0: Yeah, that's not shabby. It's a pretty good results. Now, despite its long history as an ASX-listed company, David, the company is still fairly tightly held. What can you tell us about the major shareholders of Thomson? Yeah, well, at at that time, the
1: the top 20 effectively accounted for about 70% of the uh, shareholding. And so consequently, coupled with a lack of activity, there really hadn't been any liquidity in the the stock uh, for quite some time. And... Through that sort of capital raising and the increase in activity and the increase in interest um, in the company, uh, we, we saw a bit of movement of the of the old guard or some of the old guard, uh, and and we saw a freeing up of the uh, of the share register. Now, since that time, um, that's the, the share register has changed quite a bit, but a couple of our shareholders have been very close and supportive. Uh, of the company since those days, um, Bacchus Resources, uh, who some people might know of them as a private company, principally operating uh, in Northern Territory uh, chasing gold, but also um, Australian Mineral and Water World Drilling, AMWD, who's a drilling company. And, uh, you know, they've stayed in there and they've supported us to, to the extent that, um, thanks to um, the, the guys there, I, I have a multi-purpose rig essentially at my beck and call um, for the projects we have in New South Wales, and and soon I'll have a um, a diamond uh, rig and a more powerful RC rig at our beck and call, which you know that's gold. If you'll pardon the pun, um, for an explorationist at the moment. Yeah, that's a
0: very uh, strong position to be in. To have a uh, supportive uh, drilling contractor as a major shareholder, as you say, uh, drilling rigs are you know the the motors on these things are fairly fairly seldom getting cool as they're all in operation at the moment. So you're you're well placed uh, to get uh, though that service when you need it.
1: Correct, correct. And, and you know, they're good drillers and they're interested in what we're doing. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's great to work with a team as we have been since, uh, well, I suppose, since the end of November, um, been pretty much nonstop other than for Christmas. Uh, but that, you know, understand what we're doing and what we're trying to achieve. And, uh, you know, it really is a team effort.
0: So, David, since those early days, the share it's been a sort of ten bagger from a shareholder point of view, and the market cap of over forty million dollars. Um, you, the company, takes its name from the Thompson Fold Belt up in the sort of New England region of uh, New South Wales, but you've also. Uh, recently picked up ground in the Lachlan Fold Belt uh, in sort of central southern New South Wales and also right up in Queensland in the Mount Isa Inlier, which is, you know, copper, gold, uh, province par excellence in Australia. What plans do you have to develop operations on existing resources that you have and, you know, your exploration focus, which you've begun to talk about?
1: Yeah, well, again, as I think just going back to what I said before, I, I was keen to get the activity going and and, and for that you needed funds and, and then more funds. But we, we set about consolidating and growing our position in, in the Lachlan Fold Belt around uh, Harry Smith and Baigu and around Yal Gogrin so that we could pick up more prospects and, and just have that ability to continue to go and chase what we were seeing and, and so very much the focus has continued on um, in, in in working those tenements and you know where we are at the moment we're, we're progressing or we've started resource definition drilling at the Baigu 10 project uh, and in fact we're just moved on to doing the diamond drilling at the moment Uh, and we're just about to get the results back on Harry Smith Gold project, and that may well, um, all going well, lead to us heading back there to do some resource definition drilling as well. So all all very active, but of course, going back to that problem I had last year in July when the rain gods were against me, it, it set me to think about well, what are we going to do in the rest of the year when the, the crops are on and the rain's raining in, in central New South Wales? And so we, we picked up a package of tenements from, from Backus Resources, one of our major shareholders I mentioned before, um, up in the Chilligo area. And, and Chiligo, that area of Chiligo is not dissimilar to uh, to the uh, to the area that we're in in the Lachlan Fold Belt, in that it's not where people focus on. And they're more sort of focus a little bit more to the northeast, where you've got King Bowl and Red Dome and Mungana. And that sort of all gets the attention, but not the area to, more to the southwest, which you know, we, we were able to do an auger program just to, towards the end of the dry last year and we got some results out of that and that sort of really set us up for a drilling program there and, in the dry this year uh, and you know, we've come out with some pretty good looking soil anomalies for gold but also some pretty interesting silver and copper up there and it's, you, you tend to find it comes into, into different areas. But and again, I could see that that was going to take us on at a level of, of being a junior explorationist, but I was in a hurry to be more. And so uh, one of our advisors said to me, well, we should you should get into silver, David. And this was sort of back in September last year. And I said, well, why would we get into silver? That's you know, it's not very interesting. And he said, mark my words, you want to be into silver. And so that was when... We commenced discussions with silver mines to acquire their Webb silver project and their Conrad silver project in the New England uh, fold belt. And uh, at the same time, we thought, well, there's a series of undeveloped projects there. Where else is there a series of undeveloped projects? Ah, that's around Cannington in Queensland. And so at the same time as completing those negotiations with, Uh, silver mines we also started grabbing some land uh, up and around uh, Cannington uh, and one of those particular pieces that we pegged uh, the Brumby prospect uh, has some really interesting historical copper but again then we got into it more and and again I could see that yeah some really nice resources high grade at at Webbs and you know reasonable grade at Conrad uh, from the silver perspective and Conrad was very much a polymetallic, but that was still going to take us time and wasn't a big enough resource in themselves to go into development. And and then the, uh, the resources God shined on us and uh, uh, early in December, uh, White Rock terminated their deal with Koala uh, Metals on the Mount Carrington project and the receivers of Morton Resources ended up starting a sales process on the Texas Silver Project in southern Queensland. And when we looked at those, it was where we were heading about how do we bring resources together? And so we embarked upon discussions with Mount Carrington and embarked on the sales process with the receivers of Texas. Um, With with both of those, Mount Carrington was well advanced down the development pathway, having an updated PFS that... That, um, that White Rock had done during August in 2020, uh, and Texas had been operating in 2019. And so we knew that both of those could present us with an opportunity to accelerate that development pathway and that pathway to becoming a silver producer. Yeah,
0: so it's been, a, it's been a good run because if you look back over the last 12, 15 months or so, uh, silver price recently was knocking on the door of $30 an ounce and uh, the tin price was uh, around $30,000 a tonne. So both tin and silver have actually doubled from their recent low points and both really uh, very much coming into the renewable energy space as well i I think that's right, and you, you know I, we we're always sort of a precious
1: metal than a technology uh, metal company with with gold and tin down in the in the uh, Lochland fold belt, but then this is adding in silver, which is both a precious metal and a technology metal and I think yeah the interesting thing is that with with a number of these deposits in the New England region um, the that not only have you got silver or you've got gold, and that's one of the very attractive things about Mount Carrington is its gold dominant resources, but they come along with a number of these other metals. And you know, Conrad comes with tin. Um, you know, they all come with the other base metals of nickel and and copper. Uh, 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 sorry, not nickel. As they not all lead. come with other resources of zinc and copper and yeah. and and lead. And so. It's, it's a really nice package and you know when you look at how we've mapped it that they're all within sort of 75k of each other so that the idea of a hub and spoke strategy and the idea of having a central processing facility lends itself very well to these projects and all of a sudden you can take a number of projects which could never make it on them on their own, you know, particularly from the silver perspective, to having a you know an aggregate resource available to a processing plant that's approaching a hundred million ounces of
0: silver equivalent. Uh, so this is really the, your New England game, then, David? Is it, or is that the Lachlan Fold Belt is as well?
1: No, no, this is the New England game. I yeah. think, you know, the, if I if I look at New England, I, we we call it the Fold Belt Hub and uh, Spoke strategy because even though Texas is in the New England uh, Fold Belt, if you talk about it as a New England strategy, people just tend to think of New South Wales. So yeah, it's just across know, the border, and, yeah, co- in Queensland. Correct, correct. But look, it's not to say we wouldn't. And couldn't at a um, at a smaller scale do exactly the same down there in the Lockland Fold Belt um, with with both the 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 tin because there are a number of other tin prospects and old tin mining areas that are in that package, um, but but similarly with the gold and so the idea of a central processing hub and spoke strategy lends itself very well to both um, big and small. It's just in the case of silver, you talk much larger numbers as being small, whereas gold, um, given where the gold price is, small is small.
0: Yeah. And so, David, has there been much metallurgy done on this mineralisation or would you have to sort of refresh that to, to look at ways of processing the different ore bodies? Uh,
1: yeah, look, there, there's been bits and pieces of metallurgy done and and you, you really hit the nail on the head there, Peter, because that's exactly what we're focused on and have been for the past um, uh, month or so. And we've engaged core resources out of Brisbane, uh, you know, well-known in this Area and has some very interesting technology themselves, but it, it's very much about getting our head around the metallurgy or these different ore types uh, and and how they might be able to work together. Uh, and and you know we're, we're nearly we nearly finished the first stage of a high level review of that. Clearly, we'll need to do some more work in some of the uh, some of the uh, projects because some projects have got more work uh and, and and appropriate work than others which might have minimal work or not work that's relevant so it yeah it's very much about yeah you know, the, the the real value can be if we can work them all together and and unlock some of the, um, the the value of minerals within the uh, within the yeah. ore, but also to blend it and in the sense of them being able to re, you know reduce um, uh, some of the the more deleterious uh, elements to a level that that you know, can become almost benign.
0: Sure, and so David, just as we're coming towards the end, can can you just run over again what your exploration plans are over the next, you know, three or four months, which will be the the northern dry season? You've got plans to get in there with the drilling rigs that you have at your disposal. Yeah, uh, look, I, it, it will we'll, we'll finish off down in the Lachlan Fold
1: Belt uh, middle or end of April. Uh, there's just that break for Easter in the middle, and and that will. Then set us up well to 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 take that further forward and and hopefully with a with a couple of resources uh, in the process of being defined. For, from there, we'll move up into the New England area, and uh, the, first up, we'll be chasing doing some of that metallurgical drilling, you know, getting in there to get some of the um, uh, some diamond holes in there that we can then use to to continue on those metallurgical studies. Uh, and, and we've got plans in that area to do um, do some exploration drilling but we'll probably in that interim um, while we're just getting our heads around the metallurgy uh, then head up to to the Chiligo uh, area and conduct an rc program across the various pro- uh, prospects we identified and we'd already identified a number of gold Uh, prospects, which we didn't need to do an auger program over. But that auger program in itself has also brought out uh, a number of other areas, both in gold, as I mentioned, but also in in, uh, silver and copper.
0: And so, David, you've got enough money in the tin at the moment to get on with all this uh, activity, at least for the next six or 12 months, at least.
1: Uh, Well, look, at at that level, uh, uh, yes. But but um, with the completion of the Texas acquisition, which will still be a couple of months away, um, yeah. we'll, we'll need to get some more money in to, to cover that off. Um, sure. And that's largely why we've got an EGM scheduled for the 29th of March. But, but it's also I want to make sure that we're not, as happens to a lot of companies, and as happened with a number of companies with each of these projects that we've acquired, uh, of not having enough money because you just never know how the market's going to go. So our our intention is to make sure that, uh, and we're getting a lot of interest out of North America, uh, but our intention is to make sure we're well-funded, both in the drilling programs and the exploration programs that we've got planned to undertake, but also more importantly, the development programs, and and I, and I should add, yeah, that's even without um, knowing that we've got the ability to just turn Texas on those heap leach pads at Texas. We can just turn them on, and albeit not a, a very efficient system, but we can actually move straight into uh, silver production um, and uh, and and get some further cash flow that way.
0: Yeah, well, that's great. Uh and i think uh, david that we uh we need to come back and revisit in september once you've got through all this program and uh sorted out your assets there i think it's uh you're in the right commodities with silver and, and tin specifically gold's not so flash at the moment of course back at 2200 aussies uh but still a good price for most people who are producing it at around about a1,000 dollars an ounce. Um, but certainly thanks for coming in today and uh, you've got a lot on your plate and I'm going to be interested to see how those those uh, drill bits go through the next uh, two or three months.
1: Thanks Peter and yeah we look forward to keeping those drill bits hot.